0: Bridge the City woah Bridge the City yeah Bridge the City yeah got to Bridge the City the city Bridge the City woah Bridge the City yeah Bridge the City yeah got to Bridge the City the city Welcome to Bridge the City podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. And I'm your host, Benjamin Rangel. On today's episode, we talk to one of the co-owners of a local Bayview bookstore, cafe, and subscription service, Lion's Tooth. Her name is Chris Siqueira. She and co-owner Shelly McClone started the subscription service bookstore right at the beginning of 2020 and on today's episode you will hear why a place like lion's tooth is so essential to our city and community before we jump into my interview with chris i did want to talk to you all about something extremely important and that's this week's mayoral election hopefully many of you are aware that february 15th is milwaukee's primary election for the next mayor this is truly a once in a generation election here in our city Mayor Barrett's departure to become the U.S. Ambassador to Luxembourg creates an open seat for the first time since 2004. That means there's no incumbent running for office here. Before Barrett, and since 1948, Milwaukee has only had four elected mayors. Yes, you heard that correctly, just four. That's because when someone wins election here in Milwaukee, their incumbency advantage, combined with the homogenous ideological makeup of the city, Means that often mayors win reelection over and over and over. And without term limits, victorious and popular mayors have historically stayed in office for years, the longest serving mayor staying for as much as 28 years in office. So this week's primary election narrows the field from seven to two, and the top two vote getters go on to face one another in April. If history serves as precedent, one of the two winners in this week's election could serve as mayor for decades to come. So who's exactly in the race? Just briefly, in an alphabetical order, I'm going to go through the candidates and what they have identified as their top three priorities if they were to be elected mayor. These priorities came from interviews candidates did with WTMJ-TV Milwaukee. And we'll start off with Marina Dmitrievich, who currently serves on the Milwaukee Common Council, and her top three priorities are public safety, public health, and education. Then there's Bob Donovan, who is a former member of the Common Council, and his top three priorities are to, quote, fill the leadership void here in Milwaukee, public safety, and uh, straighten out the city's fiscal status. The third candidate, Aisha Griffin, is a community activist and her top three priorities are the people's needs, wants, and the services provided to the people. Next is Cavalier Johnson, who currently serves as the president of the Milwaukee Common Council and is the current acting mayor. His top three priorities are public safety, creating new jobs, and building a better relationship with state government. Ernell Lucas currently serves as the sheriff of Milwaukee County. His top three priorities are reducing violent crime, uniting the city and help the city continue to rise. Michael Sampson is an entrepreneur, and his top three priorities are crime, COVID, and common sense. Lena Taylor currently serves in the Wisconsin State Senate, and her priorities are public safety, entrepreneurship, and home ownership. And folks, that's just very briefly all of those who are running to be your next mayor here in the city of Milwaukee. So please vote in the mayoral election on February 15th. Check out myvote.wi.gov for more information about voting. Uh, You can also check out our website where we'll have resources and links to way more in-depth information about the candidates. And so do not forget to vote this Tuesday, February 15th. With that, let's hear my interview with Chris about an amazing local bookstore, Lion's Tooth, here in the city of Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. Uh, Lion's Tooth is uh a... a bookstore cafe in uh, Bayview. We started out as, so I'm a co-owner there with uh, Shelly McClone uh, Carrieri. And we started out as a, um, as a subscription program and Lion's Tooth is a um, bookstore, but also um, specialized in graphic novels for kids and adults and also uh, small press titles uh, with them. Uh, very heavy emphasis in nonfiction. We have a music section and a lot of uh, political books too in the nonfiction uh, area of the bookstore.
0: The thing that really makes Lions Tooth unique is an emphasis on the local. And longtime listeners at Bridge City know that we love the local. And their monthly subscription service features local artists and authors, providing local creative talent the platform and audience that is often difficult to find. But I wondered how exactly did Chris come to this type of work to begin with? Turns out, prior to coming to Milwaukee for school, Chris owned a bookstore in Brazil.
1: Uh, It was inside a cyber cafe, (laughs) which was um, for um, it's something very much of its time. It was an Internet cafe for people that didn't have Internet at home. So you would go and a lot of kids wanted to also play games online, which was something new, new. um, they would call it, some of these places were called land houses, and this was a, like a pioneer internet cafe, actually, in in Sao Paulo. We didn't have a lot of those in Sao Paulo at the time, uh, back in Brazil, and I had a bookstore specialized in graphic novels called Vida Loca inside that cyber cafe, and I did that before I moved to Milwaukee. So I kind of, this is kind of like full circle for me. I'm going back to doing something that I did um, many years ago. Now in a more uh, established and um, owning the the entire bi- business as opposed to my business being a pop-up in somebody else's business as it was before.
0: When I was younger, I used to spend hours in Barnes and Noble flipping through dozens of books, magazines, anything I could find that looked interesting. The smell of coffee and paper abound, and I would imagine what it would be like to be accidentally locked in the store, like overnight, sort of, you know, like night at the museum or something. And I thought about how, if I could just stay there all night, I could learn and discover everything all the books had to offer. When you walk into Lion's Tooth, you're met with this similar feeling of endless possibilities and wonder that you're met with when you walk into any bookstore. It's the feeling of excitement of what you might find or anticipation of what you might learn. But Lion's Tooth is a bit smaller than your big box bookstore. But it's this coziness, this warmth that makes you feel immediately at home. And my favorite part of the store is the north wall that is filled with small press zines and pamphlets and whatever else someone had the dream of publishing. Things like a guide to citizen journalism, sit next to a how-to book on biking, and maybe a title called No Pants 2, The Revolution Continues. It is this emphasis and celebration of the local and radical that makes a place like Lion's Tooth an immediate landmark to our city.
1: Yeah, so zines have been around for a long time. Um, and this is something that um, they they can be Xeroxed. Um, now, right now, there's a lot of uh zines which is a different technique and uh the binary has a uh, risograph partners uh called bear bear so they have a risograph mas- machine which is um fancier xerox it makes like very nice it's not a xerox machine but it's a it's a copier it's a fancier copier uh, that makes very nice um prints with very with fancier colors so you have zines of all kinds like from the most basic black and white um, diary style to some zines that are like art portfolios and very um, elaborate. And th- these kinds of like self-published uh, magazines or, or, or publications, they, they are appealing uh, to me because you have total freedom. And because we like graphic novels, there's a whole subset of that that is the, they call mini comics, and sometimes they're not mini uh, a lot of the times they are small, but mini comics is a whole category of its own, of self-published uh, magazines, and it's basically cartoonists that publish self-publish their own work. Sometimes it gets collected later uh, and published by a publishing house. It might be, or but some, sometimes they just exist on their own, and even established cartoonists will have uh, mini comics that they that they put out. So we really wanted to be a place where you can get those because you either buy those directly from the creator, which is an option, um, or you can go to a store like Queen Bee's in Chicago, which is, was the inspiration for my first store in Brazil and continues to be an inspiration for us. And, or, and I, Milwaukee didn't have a, a space like that.
0: Without a place like Lions Tooth, artists, authors, activists, and creatives are left without a platform. Alternatively, they are forced to overcome the barriers that are created by larger publishers and retailers.
1: Yeah, and I think that this is this is. I think that every every city should have a place or multiple places like um, Lions Tooth and outlets where to get this, these kinds of publications out there. Uh, I think the, the the thing behind self-publishing is that you can you can do whatever you want. You're the boss. I had a friend that did a Zine workshop in Brazil many years ago and what he would say is that you can pretend to be the graphic designer, you can pretend you know you you you, you can pretend to have every um, job in a magazine. you know you're you're the boss you can um, you can be the writer, you can be the illustrator, you can be you decide what's in the magazine. You decide everything. So when you're, you in, in, you're making a zine, you're in total control, and that freedom is important because you know politically it's important because you can put whatever your your actual opinions about things are. You're not accountable to a corporation or to interests of your publishers or whatever. Uh, a space like Lion's Tooth is the end of that from the creative process of you expressing yourself. And I think the zines are an excellent uh, way to express yourself. Or even if you have like a more ambitious book project or more ambitious exhibit project, the zine is a way to have an um, output that is tangible and uh, easier and that you can make faster. And then Lion's Tooth, a place like Lion's Tooth is the last, uh, it's the end of it. It's where, how you put that out in the world you know, and it's, it, it's making it available um, to, to the community. And you can do that. You can sell it yourself. You can, you know, go to find ways to sell it yourself. You can have like a website or you can go to uh, events and table at events. And if you put it in stores like Lion's Tooth, not only in your own city, but in other stores like Lion's Tooth around the country, you're reaching people who are going to the store for that uh, looking for stuff. So like, we're like the last link in the chain, you know, and Lions makes a point. Like we, if you're um, a zine maker or, um, from Milwaukee or from Wisconsin, we will buy your zine. We don't do consignment. We'll buy the zine and we will, uh, uh sell at the store, you know? So that's part of what we do too.
0: When accessibility is limited for whatever reasons, that often leads to marginalized communities being pushed out, and those more privileged communities having greater access.
1: Yeah, so one of the things we try to do, Milwaukee being the segregated city that it is, and uh, Bayview being the white neighborhood that it is, uh, we've been trying to, and me being the brown immigrant that I am, <laughs> I've been trying to make Alliance Tooth as inviting, uh, and and um. As and 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 communicating um, a safe place, a safe place for people of color as much as we can, you know, um, it's like we're trying, we we try constantly not to make Lion's Tooth a like a white space, right? So that's like what the way we do that um, comes kind of naturally with the kind of selections that we the, the 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 books that we curate. That are inclusive, uh, for uh, queer and and people of color, but we also, uh, when we t- the the way to I think to support the 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 community with that is when we when when we curate the artists we try to curate a um a diverse group of artists. We we did you know we feature a lot of female artists. It's difficult. I will tell you that with every um, everything that I've done in Milwaukee, integrating or um, or getting um, making it less white has always been the biggest challenge for me. In everything that I've done, from playing in bands to roller derby to everything that I've done in the city of Milwaukee, it's one of the the, the most difficult things. I am seeing though that the younger generations are much more integrated than the people my age you know uh, around like i'm i'm almost like 50 years old right so it is it gives me great hope
0: one interesting piece of Lion's Tooth history is its beginnings as a subscription service. Now, as we've heard, Lion's Tooth has a beautiful location on Konikonik here in Bayview in the city of Milwaukee, but their origins were more modest, and learning about that process may provide insight to any budding entrepreneurs who might be listening.
1: So basically, we we, we started the subscription uh, already wanting to have a brick and mortar store. So the idea was that the subscription was gonna be and we we wanted to like we still have it and it it's still uh, thriving and but the idea was that it was gonna be a um, like a like a, a crowdfunding effort to raise money for the store right So what the subscription is, uh, you can choose between like a graphic novel or a nonfiction book if you're an adult, and you have uh, different um, age groups for graphic novels and comics for kids. And what we do with the subscription is the featured artists. We also, you also get a zine or a treat or or or. Um, uh, 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 a print, something from an artist that we feature and we contextualize that artist. And we feature that artist also in our newsletter that is like a zine that we publish every month. And and so everybody that now goes to the store gets that zine as well uh, featuring that artist. And now that we have the space too, we're trying to um, have exhibits or or have their art in the store um, to. But the idea is that you get something a little bit more than just a book. You get, you learn about an artist, you get a publication that you wouldn't get another way. You get like a special sticker or patch or something. Um, and, and in order to build community, when we started, so now you have like a group of people that everybody's reading the same book, right? Cause it's a curated um, uh, selection. And when we started, we did um, book clubs uh, and, and, and so, and so you have like all the kids are reading the same book and you have like a book club to talk about that. And then COVID hit <laughs> immediately. We had two two days that we were able to have all the book clubs and then have the we had a band play, we had a teen band play and an adult band play. And it was like magical. And that was the last one we held was in February 2020. And we used to do that at the Sugar Maple. So the subscription is is in, is the backbone of what we do because it's it does exactly everything. Before we had the store, the subscription already did everything that we wanted to do. It curated books. It did um, it presented a selection um, uh, you know, um, of books that we recommend and we love and we want more people to read. And at the same time, that is supported, um, artists it had a built-in component of supporting uh, individual artists. So,
0: if you aren't yet convinced to check out Lion's Tooth, I'll let Chris close us out with her action steps for you all.
1: Um, I just want to, uh, I just want people who make zines and people who produce art in Milwaukee to know that we, we, you know, we're open to seeing your art. If you have an idea for a zine, we're open to talking about it and working with you um this is a labor of love for me i would love to you know if you just want to come to the store and talk about and it might you you know i've, I've had uh, the last couple of days i had a couple of people that stopped by and we talked about just projects and i love to talk about creative projects and and um and how to make them them become something tangible. And the beauty of zines is that it's not that hard to make a zine become tangible. Maybe your project, your overall project is gonna be something bigger, but um, th- the zine stage of it is not a difficult part to make it happen. So I am at the community's disposal for that. And obviously for carrying the zines and come to the store, read other people's zines, publish your own. I think it's a big, it's, and remember too, that there are like very well-established artists and and cartoonists that still do zines. You know, that even though they have books and they still find, uh, consider it important to do this, to have this freedom to do the entire process themselves, the, the creative freedom to control every step of the process, so.
0: Of course, I wouldn't let you leave without some recommendations for you all to check out for when you visit Lion's Tooth.
1: Always. Um, It's always Love and Rockets, which if you... um, Love and Rockets by Jaime and Gilbert Hernandez uh, is the best graphic novel that has ever been published. Uh, But right now, I am completely obsessed with a graphic novel that is not for everybody. It's called Crash Site. And it's 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 not for everybody. I'm actually translating that one to Portuguese right now. It's a little um, edgy, I, I should say, but it's really really funny. So if you have, if you have a stomach for dark humor, um, it's a great one too. Milwaukee has a great project called Moody. Uh, it's called Moody, and I think their Instagram is Moody the Zine. We actually just partner up with them. Uh, They featured um, queer people of color, a selection of artists every month. They're also a subscription uh, program. You can subscribe to it or you can buy individual uh, zines. We have all issues at the store at all times, unless they they sell out. Eventually they will. But that's a great project and it's based based out of right here in Milwaukee.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Bridges City. Thank you to Shelly and Chris for letting us into Lion's Tooth for some photos. Ashley and I had a good time. A little photo shoot uh, leading up to this episode. And thank you to Chris for speaking to us for this episode. Also, to all Milwaukeeans, please, please vote. February 15th is your opportunity to be involved in deciding our city's future. Check out myvote.wi.gov for election information And our website for additional resources about the election and the candidates. Also, visit Lion's Tooth. Pick up a local zine or other publication or maybe a book that you've been wanting. They can also order books for you. And maybe subscribe to their subscription service or subscribe to it as a gift for someone else. You know, it is Valentine's Day, so that could be lovely. Lastly, as always, thank you so much to our patrons. Those who support Bridge the City on a monthly basis. If you are interested in supporting our work, visit patreon.com slash Bridge the City for as little as four dollars and fourteen cents. You can become a patron and support the work that we do. And as always, please reach out, and let us know how you help Bridge the City. Bridge the City. Whoa.